Hey friend, are you struggling to find consistent paid speaking gigs? Do you want to know the exact six steps that you can take to find and book more paid speaking opportunities in 2024? Well, we want to make that easy for you. We've created a new free resource with the help of Dan Irvin, one of our highly successful speakers on our team. Dan has booked over $100,000 in paid speaking gigs in the last few years, and his six-step process is going to help you maximize your chances of getting booked and paid to speak in any industry. You're going to learn how to get started prospecting, master discovery calls, and proposal emails and so much more. All you got to do is go to thespeakerlab.com slash steps and we're going to send you this 18-page guide straight to your inbox. Again, that is thespeakerlab.com slash steps and you're going to get that free guide. Hey, thanks for listening. You're awesome. Hey, what's up, my friend? Welcome back to the Speaker Lab Podcast. My name is Grant, and it's good to have you here with us today. Hope life is treating you good. Hopefully, uh, things are, are just humming along for you. Life is good. It's a new year, right? Got to be excited about that. New year, new you. Hey, whether you're brand new to speaking, maybe you've, you're just getting started, you know this, uh, this is a new year. I've been dreaming about this idea of speaking for a while. This is my year. Maybe that's you. Maybe you've been doing this for several years and you're trying to figure out how do I continue to do it long term. Maybe you've been doing a little bit on the side, trying to figure out how do I get paid? How do I really build a career as a speaker? I got people that are telling me I need to be a speaker. Now I just got to actually put in the work. Listen, you have come to the right place, my friends. This is the Speaker Lab podcast where we're going to be answering all of your questions all about getting booked and paid to speak, about the art of speaking, about presentations, about marketing yourself, about what to charge, about fees, about all of that different stuff we're going to be covering on this show. So we are on episode two. Welcome, welcome, welcome. If you haven't, go back and listen to episode one. Definitely download that one. Check that out. There, I'm going to give you an overview of the show, what all we're going to be doing, why we started the show, as well as a little bit of my history, my story, my journey. So if you have no context or any idea who I am, that's all right. I forgive you. But definitely stop by, check out episode one, so you hear kind of how I got into speaking, how I built my speaking business, and a little of the success that we've, we've had along the way, some of the lessons that we've learned along the way as well. So in the podcast, we're going to be doing a couple different things. Some episodes, you're going to get some training from me, some teaching from me. Some episodes, you're going to get some uh, interviews with other speakers, with uh, people in the speaking industry to hear what's working for them, how they've built and grown their business, lessons that they can share. But then also, we're going to do a lot of episodes like the one we are doing today. Today, we are going to be doing a lot of just Q&A. We are answering your questions. Many of you have submitted questions to us, and we are going to be taking those questions, answering them live right here on the show. So I'm looking forward to uh, these episodes because it's more than what, you know, it's more than what an interview wants to talk about. It's more than what I would want to talk about. It's, it's what you want to talk about. You, the listener, this is why we're going to do this show is because I want to help you in your speaking career. Wherever you're at in the process, I want to make this a win for you and give you the resources, give you the training, give you the support, give you the encouragement that you need to build and grow your speaking business, your speaking empire. Now, before we get into the couple questions for today, Day. Two quick things I want to let you know of. One is we are in the with the launch of the new show. We are doing a contest right now. You can get all the details over at podcastcontest.com. Basically, we're asking you to do a couple things. One, we want you to subscribe to this show. All right. You can do that with an iTunes or wherever you are listening to the show right now. Just push that magical subscribe button. We would appreciate that. Also, be sure and leave us a rating and review with an iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. That really helps us out as well. So those two things enter you into a contest, and we're going to do some uh, giveaways with that. You can, again, get all the details about that over at podcastcontest.com. 
com. Again, stop by, check that out, podcastcontest.com. Now, one other thing I'll let you know of is, again, the questions that we're going to be answering today, these are not just my questions. These are not just hypothetical questions. These are questions from you, the listener. And so if you have a question that you would like to be featured on the show, you can go over to thespeakerlab.com. Again, thespeakerlab.com. There's an Ask Grant button at the top there on the menu on the navigation bar. Click that. It gives you two options to submit a question. You can do a question through a voicemail, which we're going to have those today. Those are preferred because I want to hear your voice. You want to hear your voice. You want thousands of other people hearing your voice. So leave us a voicemail of your question. Or the second option is that you can just leave us a, a comment there with your question, and we will hopefully answer that on an upcoming episode. But let's get right into it, my friends. Let's talk about today's questions, all right? The first question comes from Roman. Take it away, Roman. Hey, what's up, Grant? It's Roman from romanrandall.com. I'm just wondering, how should I create an effective speaking video when I'm a new speaker and don't have many gigs to record? Thanks a lot, man. All right, great question there, Roman. Thanks for your question, buddy. All right, this is a question I get a lot about creating a demo video. It's kind of this chicken egg situation. You know, you, you kind of, how do you have one without the other? I, I need a video in order to get speaking gigs, but how do I get speaking gigs if I don't have a video? Okay, this is a common challenge, just a common hang up. Let's first of all, let's start by talking about why you even need a video. This is something that, a, you know, especially if you're getting, you're just getting started, you're a brand new speaker, you may be wondering, why do I need a, a video long before the answering the question of how do I get a video? So a video basically is a, uh, like a three or four minute demo. It's basically a highlight reel of you as a speaker. It gives someone a snapshot of you as a speaker. It gives them a sense of, of how you communicate, what kind of style you have, whether you're humorous, whether you are you use props, whether it's more of a story that you're telling. You want to give people a sense of who you are as a presenter. Okay, Think of this like a band, all right? If I was in charge of, let's say, some type of concert or hall or, or music venue or a club, and you ran a band, you were part of a band, and you wanted me to book you, one of the first things I would want to do would be to listen to your music. I'm not just going to take your word for it. And so that's basically the point of a demo video is you can come to any decision maker or conference planner or event planner and say, hey, I'm a really good speaker. You should have me come speak sometime. That's great, but they're not going to just take your word for it. They want to see for themselves what kind of speaker you are, if you're a good speaker, and if you're a good fit for them. Because the fact is, is that you may be a phenomenal speaker, but if you're not really what they're looking for, then it may not be a good fit. Okay, think of this like a movie, all right, in, in a couple ways. One, there are a lot of great movies out there that you would not be interested in seeing because it's just not the type of movie that you're into. Um, I'll give you a fun fact. You may hate me after this. You, we may not be friends anymore. I have not seen any of the Harry Potter movies. I have not seen any of the Lord of the Ring movies. That's just not my cup of tea. Now, again, we may have immediately divided the entire audience here and half of you love me and understand and half of you have no idea why I would not watch such amazing things. It's just not my cup of tea. Great movies, I'm sure. Everyone says it changes your life, but just not the type of movie that I'm into. Same thing is true with speakers. There's plenty of great speakers, but that may just not be a good fit for what an event planner is looking for for their event. So that is the point of a demo video. And again, uh, going back to the movie analogy, think of your demo video like a movie 
movie trailer. All right. It, it, the point is you're, you want it to be short enough to give someone an overview, but also kind of tease them, make them want to see more. And so this is, first of all, why you need a demo video. Now, let's answer Roman's question there of what do you do, though? If we're all on the same page, we know we need a video, but I don't have any footage or I don't have many speaking gigs that I can get footage at. What do I do in that point? Okay. There's two things I would recommend for you. One, this is what I did is that I spoke at a local event for free. All right. So number one, speak at a local event for free. This is what I did with my very first video was I spoke at a local church and just videoed that. Now this was a small setting. This is maybe like 30, 40 people or so. It was a horrible setting for a video. It was dark. The audio was bad. The acoustics were bad. It was a, a just a bad setting all the way around. But it's what I had in the beginning, all right? So I set up a tripod. I literally, I borrowed a camera from a friend. I set up a tripod on the side of the room, had someone else hit record, videoed it. It wasn't like this fancy multi-camera shoot at all. I did the best with what I had. I did it with excellence, but keep in mind, this was one of the first like speaking engagements that I had. So I, I wasn't willing to spend thousands of dollars for this fancy video production. I'm just looking to get something up there to get going. So one option is to speak at a local event for free. Now you could, like I said, this, I spoke at a local church. It could be for you. It could be some type of chamber of commerce or meeting at your company. It could be some type of rotary club or business meeting, just some type of local event. And again, the event is not super important. The important thing is that you're just trying to get footage of you speaking to an audience. All right. So that's one option is to speak at a local event for free. The other option, this isn't preferred, but I've seen some people do this, is that you could speak to an empty room. Now, if you're going to do this, let me give you a couple of caveats here. If you're going to speak to an empty room, do it in the type of setting where someone would actually book you to speak, meaning nobody's going to book you to speak in your kitchen. So don't just set up a tripod and a camera and talk in your living room or your kitchen like you're talking to a big audience, all right? The, the kids are screaming, the dog's barking, the doorbell just rang. It's not believable. It's not realistic, okay? So don't, don't do that. You're going to want to record this in an auditorium or a theater theater or a conference room or a boardroom or a ballroom or a banquet hall or some type of setting where someone would actually book you to speak. And again, I think this is important to remember the context of where you would want to get booked to speak. Make sure your video is shot in a similar setting. Okay. I'll give you a couple of examples. If I wanted to get booked speaking at a church, then I would want my video to be me speaking at a church. But the opposite is also true. If, for example, I used to be a youth pastor, and so I did a lot of speaking to students in a church setting, but whenever I started doing more professional speaking as a business, I was speaking more in schools and, and like public high schools and, and some colleges. And so it wouldn't work to have video of me speaking in a church setting if I was looking to get hired to speak in a public school or in a college because they are totally different contexts, all right? So make sure that you are, you're getting footage in the type of setting where you would actually want to get booked to speak. So again, two options are speak at a local event for free. Number two, speak to an empty room. Now, if you're going to speak to an empty room, another thing to remember here 
is it's very difficult to muster up the same energy, the same enthusiasm when you're speaking to an empty room. You're also going to have a difficult time judging reaction because there is no reaction. You have no audience to play off of. You you can't, don't insert laugh tracks or anything fake like that. You don't want to do something like that. But So it is going to be a little bit different. But again, you're looking for basically two, three, four minutes of footage. So even if you do 15, 20 minutes of some of your best stuff in an empty room, and then you just use that footage and trim it down to two or three minutes worth of just some highlight clips, you can do that in an empty room. Now, having said this as those two options, let me make one other thing here, is that you want to work with what you've got and improve as you go. Work with what you've got and improve as you go. I cannot stress enough how important this is because it's easy, especially for new speakers, to feel like I gotta, you know, I gotta spend a lot of money, I gotta invest a lot in my video and my website. And yes, your video, your website, those are two of the most important marketing tools that you have as a speaker. But I do not recommend that you spend thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars on these things when you're just getting started. Work with what you've got and improve as you go. My current demo video was shot and edited by a guy who's done videos for uh, Tony Robbins, for Richard Branson, for Tim Ferriss. The guy does amazing, amazing work. In fact, we need to, maybe we'll, we'll have him on the show sometime. But even though he does amazing work and the video that we have now is really solid, that's not what we had in the beginning. What did I have in the beginning? I had me, with a little handy cam on the side of the room, on a little tripod, bad audio, bad lighting. I worked with what I had, I did it with excellence, and I just improved as I went. My first few demo videos, I think we're on about our fifth or sixth iteration at the time of this recording of a demo video, and you can check it out over at grantbaldwin.com, which is my speaking site, if you're interested in seeing that. I think there's a couple different versions that are there. So you can stop by, check that out again, grantbaldwin.com. But your demo video, again, the one you're making right now is not going to be the one that's going to be there forever. So whatever you do, do it with excellence. Do it to the best of your ability. Work with what you've got and improve as you go. One other thing I'd mention there is my very first demo video... I shot it myself, but then I also edited it myself using Windows Movie Maker, which I don't even know if that's still around or if that's still a thing anymore. But I edited it myself because, again, I didn't, when I was just getting started, I didn't have thousands of dollars to invest in a, like a high-end video shoot or a fancy video editor. So you can use a free tool like um, like an iMovie, which is what I would use today. If you can like drag and drop things, then you can probably do pretty good with making a video because you're not looking for anything fancy. You can get 90% of the way there with if with really basic computer skills, or you could also just see if you got a, um, you know, a friend or a family member, or even looking on like something like Craigslist or Fiverr, just someone who could come in and kind of help you do some like really, really, really basic editing with your demo video. So again, key point here, work with what you've got and improve as you go. So great question, Roman. All right, let's keep cruising on here. we got another question that comes in here from Taria. Taria, take it away. Hi, Grant. This is Taria Avant. And my question is, if I want to speak like in colleges um, about um, certain topics, in fact, I just wrote a book about depression, and I really want to get out and talk about this topic, especially uh, during the times of the year, like right now when more people experience depression, would you recommend me personally calling them or sending my speaker sheet. I'm not really sure the best approach and where I should start as far as calling the schools um, to, to get the word out there that I would like to come and speak. Uh, thank you so much. 
All right, Taria, thanks for your question. Love it. This is a question that uh, is another common one. What about speaking to colleges? Who do you contact? Do you call them? When do they book? All of these types of things. Good questions. Really good questions, Taria. So let's talk about this. When you want to speak to colleges, there's going to be a lot of different departments and people within colleges that hire speakers. It's never just one, you know, this one central person on campus that hires speakers. So a lot of who you'd want to speak to is going to be determined by what it is that you want to talk about. And this is important in a lot of different ways, Taria, in that you want to speak about, you want to find this balance between the things that you want to speak about and the things that a college or university or an event is actually willing to book you for. So just because you want to talk about a subject like depression or or uh, could be any number of subjects or topics, doesn't necessarily mean a certain school would be interested in booking that. So you're kind of trying to find this balance of what do schools hire speakers for, and then what do I want to speak about and see where those things overlap. So let me give you some different options here of the different types of departments that hire speakers at colleges. I have done a lot of work with colleges and universities by speaking in the, in the orientation department. So oftentimes they'll bring in speakers within August and within January at the start of new semesters, typically primarily in, in August, when, they're start, when they have a whole new freshman class that is coming into a college or university. I have done a lot of those presentations. So they, they typically want just a, a, a speaker there to fire up these incoming freshmen. They're making the transition into college. And so they're looking for a speaker that can be motivating, encouraging, inspiring, and also remind them, hey, this is, you're a grown up now. You're a big boy. You're a big girl. And so the decisions that you're making now can have a huge impact on your future. So that is where a lot of times they'll bring in a speaker for is for freshman orientation. Other places where they'll bring in speakers within the college market are a Greek life or fraternities and sororities. So they bring in speakers on issues related to underage drinking, on hazing, on discrimination. Those are some topics that may be brought, they may bring speakers in for that. I have been hired to speak at different universities and colleges in the Greek life department just to talk to their leaders on leadership. And so I remember recently I spoke at a major university and they brought me in. They had, I think, close to 100 different fraternities and sororities. And they had uh, about two representatives from each fraternity or sorority there. And so we just spent the day talking about leadership and how to lead their fraternities and sororities. So that is another department that may be interested in certain subjects and topics. Another common one is going to be just the student activities on campus. So this could be a student activities board, a student activities committee. And a lot of times they are in charge of bringing in different types of activities to campus. So this could be in the form of a speaker. It could be a band. It could be a comedian. There's a lot of different things that they may be looking for to bring to campus. It's just some activities, some outlets for students. And so student activities may be one as well. Other ones could be, let's see here, financial aid. I've been hired by a couple of different financial aid offices to come in and talk about personal finance or avoiding debt in college. So that may be an option as well. Uh, there's some athletic departments that hire speakers to come in and talk to their athletes on various subjects and topics. So the point being here, Taria, is there is a lot of different types of departments and people within colleges that book speakers. It's not just one, you know, you, you don't just call the president or call the dean and say, hey, do you want me to come speak? You want to really start to kind of narrow it down to figure out who would, on campus 
would be the best fit for what it would be that I would talk about. Now, how do you figure this out? Now, and again, this isn't relevant with just colleges. This is relevant in to just about any audience that you would want to speak to. You're going to have to do some homework. You're going to have to do some research to figure out who is it in my setting where I want to speak that would hire speakers. And again, the other question is, what do they hire speakers to talk about? And so what I would recommend is that you go into Google and you start kind of just browsing around. And, and what you're kind of looking for here is you can go to some certain, and even what you could do, Tari, is you can go to a couple major, big and small local colleges or universities that are close to you that you may be somewhat familiar with and just start to kind of browse around and try to figure out if I wanted to talk about depression to college students, and my best guess, who would it be on campus that would hire me to talk about that? And so again, it could be a, a variety of different offices there. You can also do not only by just browsing around individual university and college websites, you can also do just a Google search and figure out, are there other speakers who speak about a similar subject or topic? And then you can kind of reverse engineer and backtrack and figure out, let's say that I found a speaker who speaks about depression to college students. What are the types of events that they are speaking at? What are the schools that they are speaking at? Because that just tells me that there are schools out there that are bringing in speakers to talk about this subject or topic. But if you spend some time Googling and looking at individual sites and you're not finding individual college and university sites and you're not finding anyone that is bringing in speakers to talk about depression to college students, then you that should be a red flag for you that maybe this isn't the best fit. Now, there may be other things that you could talk about, and maybe within that, you could talk about depression. So in a way, you're kind of Trojan horsing. Trojan horsing? I'm going to turn Trojan horse into a verb there. You're able to take some type of subject or topic and wrap it in something else. Okay, so let's, uh, let's go back to the orientation example. Let's say, Taria, that you wanted to speak to students that are coming into, they're making the transition from high school into college. You're speaking to freshman orientation students. And within the context of that, you're talking to them about making the transition into college and all that goes into that. And one piece of that talk would be about depression. So that could be one thing that you could do. So again, a lot of this comes back to in terms of, of answering the question of who do you contact at colleges? A lot of it depends on who within a college would be interested in hiring you to talk about that subject or topic. There could also be, you may look at like student services who are dealing with students who deal with depression, may check with them and see, do they ever bring in speakers to talk about that? So basically one, when you have kind of a best guess of who it is that you would want to contact at a college or university, and again, it's, it is really kind of an educated guess because you're not really sure who that exact person is that may hire a speaker to come in and talk about a certain subject or topic that you're interested in. Then when you're, what you're going to want to do, and we'll, we'll talk about this more in depth in, in later episodes, but you're going to want to reach out to them, email them, and I think you can even just ask them. And I think a really simple question that you can ask them, you're not trying to pitch yourself or sell yourself or say, hey, here's my website or my demo video, go check all this stuff out about me. One of the things you can just do is simply ask them, hey, I was just curious if you ever bring in outside speakers to talk up to your students about dealing with depression. And just like a really simple one or two line email is basically all you're doing there. And the point of keeping it short and sweet is it makes it really, really easy for them to reply. You're not pitching. You're not trying to sell something. I'm just curious. Do you ever bring in speakers to talk about this subject or topic? And I think it's important to use the phrase outside speakers because they may think, oh yeah, sure, we bring in speakers, but it's really they bring in like a, a local professor or someone from their own 
own, you know, health services office on campus to come in. Well, that's not really what you're looking for. You want to find if they bring in actual outside speakers like yourself to come to campus to talk to their students. So that's really what you're looking for whenever you would reach out to them. Now, in terms of the other thing, well, actually, let me answer your other question there, Taria. Would I recommend that you call them? No, I do not recommend that. I think it's simplest to build some connection and contact with decision makers best over email. Let's say you send that initial email and they reply back and they say, actually, yeah, we're looking for a speaker. Then at that point, I would call them. You can build a much better connection and relationship and rapport with a potential client over the phone better than email. But I want to get, in some ways, I want to build some type of connection over email first before I call them. If you just cold call them out of the blue, that is, you're going to have a very large uphill battle with that. I do not recommend that. When you get more or less telemarketing calls, that's annoying to you, right? So you don't want to do the same to others. You're just sending a very simple, soft email. Just curious, do you book speakers on this certain subject or topic? So that's definitely what I would recommend there. Taria, to answer your other question, when do would they actually book? A lot of colleges and events, they book things usually anywhere from three to six months out. Now, for some of their bigger events, it's going to be booked even further out. It may be six to nine months, uh, sometimes nine to 12 months, but usually three to six months. Sounds like for something what you're looking for, three to six months is a pretty good range of when you might want to reach out to a potential decision maker or contact at a college. So hopefully that helps you out, Taria. Great question, both from Roman and Taria today. Thanks for your question, guys. Hey, let me remind you of this. If you have a question that you would like for me to answer live here on the show, you can submit those questions to me over at thespeakerlab.com. Again, that site is thespeakerlab.com. Stop by, check out that site anyway. We wanted that to be a uh, just a one-stop shop for you to help you build and grow your speaking business. So again, stop by, check out thespeakerlab.com. You can submit your question there. Ideally, preferably, I want you to leave us a voicemail just like Roman and Taria did. That way we can answer your questions here. That way you can hear your voice, right? Your speakers, you want to be heard. So this is your chance to have your voice be heard on this show, on the Speaker Lab podcast. So you can again go to thespeakerlab.com, submit your question, and I will answer those here on the show. Uh, Also, let me just remind you one more time, We're running this contest right now to help with the launch of this new podcast. So you can go to podcastcontest.com to enter for that. All the details are over there. But the nutshell, again, is we want you to subscribe to the show. We want you to leave us a rating and review. Those things really help us out as we get going. We're going to do some giveaways with that. So definitely stop by. Check out podcastcontest.com. All right, my friends, this wraps up today's episode, episode number two of the Speaker Lab podcast. Really enjoyed hanging out with you. Loved answering Roman and Taria's questions. So we'll be coming at you again real soon. You're awesome.